0: Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. The latest on shares, markets and investments. Now available on your Amazon Alexa.
1: Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. Uh, This is the first podcast we've done for a couple of weeks because myself and Alan have been away on our holidays. But very pleased to say Alan is back with us this morning. Alan, welcome back to the podcast. Thank
0: you, John. It's good to be back. Uh, Thoroughly refreshed from a motorcycle trip around Wales and a trip down to Cornwall.
1: Indeed, indeed. Myself, I was in Croatia enjoying uh, the coast there if you haven't been well worth a trip. So as we come back, Alan, we're uh, faced with significant volatility uh, in these markets. I mean, it really sort of started... Uh, last week when we got the inflation data from the United States, which uh, pointed to an 8.6% inflation rate over the United States. And that's really sparked a uh, really a flight to um, safety in some uh, respects. And that safety being cash, because we're seeing sell offs in both bonds and equities. And the S&P 500 so far this year is down 22%. So, Alan, we've got later on today at the Federal Reserve meeting, mm-hmm. and it looks as though if we're taking market expectations that we could be seeing a 75 basis points, that's 0.75% increase in interest rates. Last week, we were looking at a 50 basis points move, but as we saw that very strong inflation data coming through, there is now a market expectation that it's actually going to be the biggest rate hike since 1994 in a 75, point, uh, 75 basis point increase. There, Alan, but we're actually seeing markets rising today, which you know, given that we're going to see you know an extreme level of tightening. From the Federal Reserve this evening, and possibly again from the Bank of England tomorrow. We've got the ECB meeting at this uh, very moment to discuss the volatility in markets. Um, But we're seeing a a rally today, Alan. I mean, my view would be that you know we're seeing sharp rises in in interest rates, not only here in the UK but in the United States. I mean, do you think there's an element that the markets front-running this? interest rate increase and, you know, possibly some in the coming months um, because we have to fight inflation. Of course, we have to increase interest rates. You know, the central banks, uh, if they didn't do that, uh, would face dramatic criticism from the market. But do you think that people are now looking forward to, you know, possibly a mild recession here in the UK, possibly the same in the United States? And because they've raised rates, So much so quickly, it gives them a lot of space to ease if we see a recession in the next few months.
0: Yeah, I think, I think, um, I think there is scope now, and I think also, um, this is you know, this is sending out a very strong signal that the banks, the uh, central banks, will do all they can to battle inflation and to get on top of it. And of course, um, interest rates is. Is a weapon at their disposal to do that. So it's certainly a chunky rise, um, but actually yeah, in the UK, um, up to eighty, I think about eighty percent of people are on fixed rate mortgages. So they won't immediately feel that. Of course, what it does mean is that uh, the financial stocks and the banks, um, you know, will be able to um, will be able to sort of uh, 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 get more interest on the money they have on deposit, which will improve their their balance sheets and their bottom lines so i think um i think the rise we're seeing today is a combination of um a bit of relief from the market you know it, it, it's it's a strong medicine to take but it's a, it's relief from the market that a course of action has been decided on and also of course the the benefits to the financial stocks i think um I think if I if I'm right, the uh, the the uh, banks are certainly trading higher today. Looking at Barclays, it's it's well well ahead this morning. So I think we're going to see. Um, I think we're going to see uh, the, the banks benefit from that. So, as an investment, you know, as a. As an investment into the current uh, status quo, banks could be something that uh, you might want to look at, um, and and certainly, 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 I think going forward, we've still got a lot of uncertainty to come, and of course, we've got to see if this medicine works. Um, you know, we've got to rein in inflation somehow. Um, so I think, uh, I think, you know, relief that uh, relief that action's been taken. Um, uh, obviously, a, 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 a bit of a a bit of a sort of a boost for financial stocks, but uh, still an awful lot of uncertainty and uh, volat- volatility uh, to come.
1: Yes. I mean, looking at markets at the moment and, and what the Federal Reserve is doing, to me, it looks as though they're heading and planning, to some extent, a managed recession uh, in the United States yeah. and maybe here in in, in the UK, because... You know, if if they left inflation unchecked, um, you know that would obviously have a detrimental impact on the economy, and that itself could push uh, economies into recession. You know, whether that's later this year, early, early next year, but you know, th- this sort of general optimism that we're we're seeing in markets, Alan, would you go as far as saying that it could actually provide a buying opportunity if we see very strong. Uh, a very strong response from the Federal Reserve to the extent of a 75 basis point move today, and then made the Bank of England tomorrow. Um, there's an expectation that they'll act as well, possibly moving rates um, up to around 1.25 uh, percent. Um, you know, is that you know when you've looked at what's happened so far this year, when the FTSE's, you know. Relatively flat, only down three percent, but but well off the highs as, as I mentioned before. The S and P five hundred down twenty two percent. You know, from a top level strategic point of view, if you're looking at your portfolio and you've seen a, a, a series of losses so far this year, because they're taking that action, do you think that's going to give the confidence to see them you know, have the market then look for a next leg higher? Because it's you know it's a managed situation. And yes, we may have a recession, but there's plenty of room to ease as we go forward. And you know, is that something that could happen in the next couple of uh, next couple of months in terms of an opportunity there for investors? I
0: certainly see an opportunity, yeah. But but I think also um, it's likely that uh, we'll we'll tread water for some time. Right, there may be some training gains. In other words, you know, uh, we could go higher one week, but then then again, I think there's going to be a pullback because obviously it's it's. Um, It's strong medicine. Um, We need to see if that medicine works and actually reigns in inflation. And of course, the difference is this time around. I mean, back in the early 90s, we had this interest rate uh, where the um, interest rates went through the roof. And of course, at that point, the Bank of England, uh, you know, on on the domestic front, the Bank of England weren't uh, in charge of setting the interest rates that, you know, that they were sort of set by by the lenders. And interest rates just got spiraled out of control. Um, now the Bank of England has that control. Um, it's uh, it's it's a calculated medicine rather than the free fall we had in the nineties. And of course, after that, we had several years of um, of recession uh, in the doldrums, and and we recovered. So I think the Bank of England and certainly the the central banks won't want to see. That situation repeated so they want to be proactive and manage it going forward so but back to your question yes there will be opportunities i see you know short-term gains it's a trader's market because there are so many factors um which are are adding volatility into into the mix and into into the into the into the the forward view that um for traders, there is an opportunity to make to make money but for 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 the majority who are setting on losses at the moment it's uh it's hard to take it's hard to look at but um as we see um you know when the when when the combination of um, uh, um uh, med- well when the medicine and the the combination of strategies combine and start to work then i think we'll see a recovery in the market a cautious one but that's the point at which uh I think, uh, you know, you, you'll see or investors will start to see their portfolios recovered. But certainly at these levels, there are still opportunities. And um, you might want to consider looking at financial stocks, um, financial stocks as, 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 as uh, um, investments that will start to benefit from the higher interest rates that they'll be earning on the money they have, they have on deposit.
1: Indeed. Anyone that followed the adage of selling may and go away uh, and sitting on some cash may well have um, some opportunities in the coming months. So we're going to now move on to the equities that we're going to discuss today. We're obviously seeing positivity in the FTSE 100 and we're going to first look at one of the top risers on the day in Whitbread, Alan. They've had a relatively positive update and shares are up 5% this morning.
0: They've had a very strong update this morning, John. The shares are up, and um, you know if we look at Whitbread shares uh, on the year, they've, they've they've actually performed pretty well. I mean, they they fell fell sharply, of course, in in February. Um, I think that was after the uh, after the Ukraine invasion, sort of all the uncertainty is the the attendant uncertainty with that. But since then, they've delivered a pretty solid performance, and of course. Uh, this morning we've got um, we had the, um, the 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 trading update from the group um, f- uh, for uh, for for the for the for the, uh, the first quarter of the year and I mean we're seeing really strong performances you know total UK accommodation of course the accommodation would be the Premier Inn up two hundred and thirty five percent versus. Last year, I I guess you could expect that because, of course, uh, you know, with the lifting of COVID COVID, uh, restrictions, like like sales well ahead. Also, food and beverage sales up five hundred and eighty five percent versus the versus full year two thousand twenty two. So, you know, really substantial improvement. Um, But but certainly, um, uh, the group also noted a stronger than expected recovery in the German market following the lifting of COVID restrictions costs are expected to rise by some 25 million in the current year because of course a lot of the properties will be refurbished um there'll be investment in the staff and upgrading of it but um but certainly uh, chief executive Alison Bretton said you know it was a really strong performance it's given the company increased confidence in delivering a strong first half to the year and of course um uh, the, uh, a, a, a strong performance for the remainder of the year so so that it's good to hear um, you know from one of our bellwether companies in the FTSE 100 that they're deli- able to deliver such a strong performance in spite of all the volatility we're seeing now so so there are still some uncertainties Um margins are expected to rise uh, uh, later in the year for the group too so uh, you know uh, and I think probably a lot of it is the fact that the Premier Inn brand and the price point and the expectations that we have with Pre- with Premier Inn are spot on. They're still viewed as great value. You go somewhere, you want to stay overnight, you don't want to pay a fortune, you're going to go out and maybe grab a meal, so you, you take a Premier Inn room and, um, you know, it's it's cheap, cheerful, but it's functional. It does what it says on the tin. Uh, and I think that's a that's a really... That's the real strength of the brand. So Whitbread are obviously making the most of that, and um, certainly I think going forward, um, you know, we're looking here now. Shares, as I say, just slightly lower than they were this time last year, um, but there's a dividend yield of one point three percent to come with the group too. So um, it, you know, I, th- I think along with uh, after that performance, I think there's every expectation the group could go on and deliver, and we could see um, we could see the stock return to year highs. Uh, which um, the stock has, has traded as high, of course, as um, is £44 on the year. And we're currently sitting at just under £27 on the year. So, you know, potentially a big opportunity there.
1: Yes, yes, yeah, certainly if we see that sustained recovery in the sector, um, that would be a good place to look in terms of bread and the increasing demand that we're going to be seeing um, from travellers and holiday makers. So moving on now, Alan, we're going to look at a company I think we've discussed on the podcast previously, but maybe not for some time. At uh, Kavango, um, they've had a number of quite interesting updates in the last couple of months. What's been happening there, Adam?
0: Uh, Kavango are a very interesting company. In that they are a that they're a mining exploration group um, centered in Botswana. Um, the, the the company have uh, under well that they've undertaken a lot of Investor presentations recently updating on their projects, but um, the the principal project the group has is a a huge section in 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 Botswana called the Kalahari Suture Zone, and it's a it's a vast area. Um, and of course, you know when you get somewhere like that, where do you start? But um, uh, over the past few years, the company have been uh, undertaking extensive soil sampling, um, aeromagnetic surveys, ground magnetic surveys, and, and a whole a host of that they, have Kavango, are very good at employing the latest technology to to um, to to discover, you know, what's what's under the ground, and also to put together a three D model of, of of the asset. And what they found was that the um, the uh, the uh, the, uh, the, uh, the the geological model uh, at the Kalahari Suture Zone is very similar to the Norilsk mine in Siberia. Um, both in terms of the, ge- the geological foldings under the ground, and also the great red spots that they've discovered. Um, in addition, they just they recently announced they discovered an um, an IOCG target that's an iron ore, copper, and gold uh, uh, um, uh, anomaly. Uh, uh, and, and of course, bear in mind that uh, the the size of the area. You know, this is still taking up a fraction of the overall area of of the group. Um, the group also raised um, some. Uh, 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 750,000 in a placing um, a, a, a month or so ago and of course that's going towards continuing the exploration costs um, both at the KSED and also at their other projects. So the, the, the secondary, uh, there was an announcement from the group today of course they're drilling at the Dittau Farms project and Dittau Farms is a joint venture with uh, Power Metal Resources it's a 50-50 uh, joint venture put into a to, into an entity called Kanye resources um, and and uh, the, the what the group are discovering there the, the, the dit farmers project has long been known to contain rare earths and other elements. Um, it goes back to the 70s in fact when the company called Falcon bridge actually first discovered them but um, moving forward the group have undertaken modeling and um, and uh, using the technology they've discovered um, they're discovering now with the drilling they're undertaking, that um, that they the uh, the rare earths are there in commercial quantities. So of course, as they go across the project and they go across and uh, make further discoveries, then um, then of course we then start to look at um, uh, um, uh, assimilating the data and bringing it together to possibly put together a mineral resource estimate. Possibly too early to say that, but certainly that's the direction the the group are going in at the moment. And then that the the group also have um, two copper projects on the South Gansey Ridge, um, which is in southwestern Botswana. Um, Two of the projects are also part of the Kanye Resources joint venture with Power Metal Resources. And indeed, um, the uh, the work that's been undertaken there indicates that there are good Good grades of copper uh, which is of course very very encouraging um and the other two are with lvo geo explorers who are a locally based company uh, and again those two assets will be developed uh, later this year um i interviewed uh, ben Turney and uh, chief ops officer brett grist a little earlier on this year and we spoke about uh, these these projects and and uh, the various stages they are at and certainly they said the the uh, the lvr explorers um uh, joint venture and and of course the the KCB uh, uh, KCB copper joint venture with uh, with Power Metal Resources would be revisited and developed later this year. Now onto the uh, share price, of course, um, and again with the uh, with the junior resource sector and also small cap companies. Uh, across the board they've taken an absolute hammering this year um and the shares the shares for cavango are now trading at 2.3p the raise was done at 3p so of course investors uh, in that raise uh, um, uh, um, which actually includes me i was involved in that um uh we are sitting underwater at the moment but that's the nature of the beast um the company uh is still uh, is still pushing ahead developing and it's uh Everything and, and, and the exploration work is being undertaken on schedule and delivered on time. So um, it, it uh, we'll see a turnaround in the markets at some point, And when we do, it'll be companies like Kavango that snap back really sharply. Because given the Russia-Ukraine situation, of course, a huge amount of resource mineral resources have been taken out of the world market at a stroke. And that's resulted in a price squeeze. So the demand is there. And uh, certainly, can, uh, Kavanga Resources are right at the front of the push in Botswana in uh, bringing those resources to market.
1: Yes, indeed. Just following on from your point there on you know, junior resource companies, You know, they're at the, the forefront of market sentiment. Whenever we start to see market sentiment souring, as we have done this year, uh, junior miners and, and explorers, are always the first ones uh to to fill the pinch in terms of their share price and if you go back and you do rough correlations between uh, you know consumer sentiment as well and investor sentiment data that you get and you, and you put a correlation against uh, the junior resource sector there is actually quite a uh, quite a pronounced correlation um there so as we're starting to see things in the wider economy uh, look a little bit soggy. Um, you know, It's always expected that you see the resource sector fall, and when things start to pick up again and you start to see animal spirits come back, that's when you start to see these, these companies start to, uh, to come back to life. And um, just to finish up, you, you mentioned their power, metal, resources. Uh, we're actually doing a podcast this week with Paul Johnson, so do keep uh, an ear out for that. And they will be presenting at our UK Investor Magazine Summer Investor Evening that we're holding on the 30th of June at Haberdasher's Hall in the City of London. There's still a few in-person tickets available. If you check out our, our website in the events section, there'll also be a link in the notes to this podcast where you can sign up. If you're not able to make it to London, it will be a hybrid event, so you'll be able to tune in um, virtually and, uh, and catch the presentations there. So, so do check out the notes too the podcast. So Alan, the final company that we're going to be discussing today, Sovereign Metals. We had Sap and Guy on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago. Now I'm outlining the significance of the Cassia projects. Uh, It's the world's largest titanium rutile deposit and they have actually got the world's second largest graphite flake. The shares are currently suspended over in the Australian exchanges, they have a different way of things of doing here, pending an announcement. Um, what do you think is happening here, Adam? Uh,
0: well, it, it's all good news um, uh, for, for for sovereign metals. I mean, uh, it, as you, as you say, of course, Sapan presented the case to investors at UK Investor um, uh, uh, recently. Um, it's been the most incredible discovery, of course, uh, pioneered by Dr. Julian Stevens, who... Um, has been sort of banging the drum for the cassia project which is in malawi of course the warm heart of africa um and it's it, it turns out that the the zone which is a it's a huge zone it's about the size of um, it's about the size of manchester so you know in, in, in terms if you can imagine the size of greater manchester you know this is the area it's covering so of course um a, a project of that size has a huge impact uh uh on the the local people there and the economy and indeed um there's an esg program underway there um uh, advancing initiatives in malawi which of course includes includes water bores uh, boring water for the locals there um, health education and so on and this is being gradually rolled out but what uh, dr stevens discovered there is quite incredible and um the initial the initial uh, scoping study uh, uh, attributed a value of some eight hundred and ten or fifteen million dollars as a net present value, and uh, that was prior to the uh, to the uh, mineral resource estimate there being literally trebled in value to one point eight billion tons um, of rutile, and of course uh, rutile, as, as we as we said, John, it's the principal. Uh, it is the principal source of titanium dioxide, which has a multitude of applications. Um, titanium dioxide is available, uh, uh, also available in, in ilmenite, but ro- approximately forty-five percent of ilmenite contains uh, titanium dioxide. With rutile, it's ninety-five percent. So, of course, uh, uh, it's it, it's a far more it's a far more potent uh, uh, resource in that regard. Titanium dioxide, of course, has multitude of applications in aerospace. Um, it's it, it, the brilliant white paint that you'll buy. Um, that ta- that it's titanium dioxide that gives you that brilliant white, and of course, it's also used in protecting um, in in protecting uh, clean technology such as wind turbines. That all of the towers are painted in 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 titanium dioxide paint to protect them from, from the weather and protect from the elements. Um, applications and optics in food colouring, I mean, the list goes on. It, it, it's tremendous. Um, but uh, there are very few uh, uh, resource uh, or rutile projects around the world, really, um, comparatively speaking. Um, Sierra Rutile, of course, um, in Sierra Leone, and of course, there's a project in Kenya. But the resource that both these projects have, and they're up and running, is dwarfed by cassia which is incredible it's incredible fine but as you pointed out john um the secondary um the secondary uh, uh, mineral there is graphite which has uh, also has a, a, a multitude of applications um of course in fire retardant material uh, in steel uh, the steel mills it's uh, used to line the the cauldrons um, but of course uh, the most um, current and important application is that it it constitutes some forty percent of a, a, a modern lithium-ion battery, so it, it makes up a, a, a critical part of that. Um, and with the second largest graphite resource in the world, as part of the uh, the Casia project, it, it's uh, it's an incredible find. So steps are underway. Of course, um, I mentioned the ESG uh, uh, framework, um, but Sovereign Metals is not not only being picked up and, and recognized in the UK; it's also being picked up by a lot of the um, pundits in the US now. And uh, indeed, there was a, a, a Rick, uh, Rick Hall was uh, was um, talking about uh, the, the company the other day. Um, but uh, the, the steps the company are, are taking uh, to develop the asset, they're undertaking, the, the, there's a, a major pre-feasibility study drill program there underway. Um, the, 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 a survey's been put together um, explaining how, Cassia has the leading position, uh, or the leading market market position, in graphite, um, and also the green production methods the company will be employing to uh, to get the stuff to market. It's it's in the. It, it's it's very um, it's very well strategically located. It's close to the what was referred to as the the Nakala logistics corridor. So down from uh Lilongwe, which is pretty well central to the Sovereign Metals Casir uh, project, um, there's a rail route down and then straight out to the Nikala deep water ports. On the coast, Uh, and 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 that's of course in Mozambique. So it's very easy to get the stuff out and get it to market. Um, But the, as you said at the start, John, there has been a trading halt um, uh, pending an announcement, and uh, that trading halt is pending. a, an updated scoping study. So um, I would imagine that uh, there's, there's going to be four more good news, uh, more resource possibly. But of course, we'll wait and see. The 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 stock will commence trading again. Um, I think it's I think it's uh, tomorrow. So once we have that news, then of course we'll know what the story is. But um, certainly in share price terms, uh, the shares haven't taken. Too much of a battering, really. I mean, the 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 company dual listed, of course, and the ASX. Um, came to market at uh, just over thirty p uh, here last year, um, and the shares have traded. Um, we had the peak, of course, at forty eight p in April when the uh, when we had the mineral resource upgrade, but it's since come back, and we we're, we're now trading at um, just under the IPO price, not at the year low, which I hasten to add is twenty two p, but um, at twenty nine p. So in no way you know given the upgrades that we've seen in no way is that any way reflected in the market capitalization which at 210 million Aussie dollars stands at probably about 100,000 sterling at present so um the the size given that the previous net present value came in at 815 uh, 810 uh, million US dollars uh, we are we're well shy of that right now so I think you know that when the scoping study comes out we'll see a figure well in advance of that. Um, also worth noting as well an announcement today that um, the, uh, the, the, um, the, the, the Sprott fund in Australia um, was already a 10% shareholder in uh, sovereign metals. It's increased its shareholding to 11.84% just under 12%. So so that's significant obviously they you know they they see a huge future for sovereign metals and I'm sure once we get the scoping study um, announcement tomorrow we're going to see um, the share price move correspondingly but um you know I think it's offering great value right now.
1: So Alan with sovereign we've obviously touched on the significance and size of the, the deposits there but obviously to start you know, production there, you know, it is a low cost uh, mining technique that they're able to to utilise there, uh, as well as you mentioned there, the strong infrastructure. But of course, that's going to require a significant level of capital to to do that. You know, due to the size significance of that Casia project, do you think Sovereign becomes a takeover target at some point? <laughs>
0: I I think it uh, it absolutely could could become a takeover target, but um, let's not forget also that there there will be takeoff agreements um, uh, coming in thick and fast. I would imagine once we get further down the road, the company's also got a got a takeoff agreement with Haskell, which is the one of the world's largest producers of welding equipment. And of course, uh, Rutil is uh, is a key part of. Of welding so um, so I I imagine we're going to see some takeoff agreements and often what happens is uh, when these agreements come in that the company brings funding with it so it may well be that um, with the funding it's able to raise from uh, initiatives like that that uh, the company can fund its own development Uh, but given the size of the project it will require considerable infrastructure and of course that's got to be put together once the pre-feasibility study then the feasibility study is completed so there's still some way to go but um, given where the valuation is now you know we're we're setting at a fraction of what this will actually be worth when it's up and running
1: indeed indeed certainly one to to watch and keep an eye out for uh, that announcement which should come in the coming days so just as a recap the stocks we discussed today, first of all, was Whitbread with a ticker of WTB. It was then Kavango Resources with a ticker of KAV. And just then was Sovereign Metals, which trades under the ticker of SVML. Alan, thank you for being on the podcast today.
0: Thank you very much, John.
1: So... Just as a a final note, I mentioned there the upcoming Summer Investor Evening on the 30th of June. Do do check out the notes to this podcast. We'll be able to find a link to secure a ticket uh, either virtually or in person. Hope to see you there. Thank you very much.